the African culture, you know, mannerisms and everything, I always say don't lose that when you're abroad. If you're African, teach your kids African manners, how to, you know, respect elders and how they grow up. And, yes, they have this beautiful privilege. They get to grow up in the United States. I'm not sure why you're going with this, but I'm listening. passports. They were born here, but I'm definitely raising my kids Uh, like they were Africans. Google environment, they like America. They cheat too much. This is the home away. This is the home away. This is the home away. This is the home away show with Cooley. Here we go. Yeah! This is the home away show with Cooley. How do I say your name correctly? Tembi. Tembi. And then the last name? Khatlana. 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 So to everybody yes. listening, Khatlana. So try doing that. You know what was funny? I was actually watching some of your highlights because I don't get to watch... Um, I don't get the NWSL games over here because... Um, I, I don't get all of them. Sometimes I get some of them, mm-hmm. so they never show mm-hmm. most of them. But I was listening to the commentator. Oh, my God. Did you have to teach that guy how to say Hatlana? Because he did pretty good. No, I don't think he's doing good. <laughs> <laughs> he's trying, though. Let's give him credit. Yeah. <laughs> he's trying. So, um, yeah. Tembi, you know what? To me and probably to other people, uh, you actually came on our scene internationally since we are over here um, mm-hmm. on the 2016 Olympics. But I know for sure that your career is coming from far. So where are you from mm-hmm. in South Africa? I'm from a small township called uh, Moslaking, um, and it's in the town of uh, Ranfontein in the Rindwest. In Ranfontein in, in Rindwest? Where is that at? Uh, where all the superstars come from. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> this is in Johannesburg, the, right? Where, where, yes, where uh, Upamanyesa comes from, Edward oh, sh- Mangele, Akalia. It's it's the chief's uh, veteran. The yeah, late it's 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 uh, yeah. yeah, there's a link, there's a lot. That's where I come from. Oh, nice, man, nice. So will you say the, the soccer DNA was instilled from the township or it was something that uh, you were grooming to either by a family member or how did you actually pick up soccer? I, I started playing soccer when I was about eight years uh, in my primary school, uh, uh, just I was I was around boys a lot growing up uh, because I never got to grow up um, close to my sister because at that time she was in university and I was growing, growing up with my brother. So at school, I, I just, you know, had a connection with boys. And I was bored that every time during lunch breaks, they would talk about uh, training or what they did during the weekends and I didn't have a story to tell. So one day I just decided, you know, let me let me just go check it out. Like, where do these guys chill after school? What do they do? Because they always have stories to tell. So that's how I, I fell in love with the game because I went to their training session and I kept on going and going and going until I was part of the team. And, mm. yeah. Wow. Wow. 
Interesting. So now, uh, when you started playing, uh, what was the most mm-hmm. challenging things for you? Because I can understand starting playing with boys, the physicality mm-hmm. of the game might have been difficult for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the challenge at that time was was my safety, because uh, my father was against it at all. Uh, even till I, I, I think when I was about fifteen years, he still didn't like the idea that I'm playing uh, soccer, which is the male dominant. And at that time, I was the only girl uh, playing with the guys, and we would train just outside of the outskirts of Mosaking, where it's, it's, it's not safe for a girl to be there alone. So mm-hmm. my parents were a bit concerned, and there was a time they um, banned me from going to training, but I would just run away because I was a kid, and I just wanted to play soccer. Mm-hmm. Wow, it must have been interesting, bro, because I can feel the love of uh, soccer from you, that it's it's a DNA thing, it's in your blood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now in um, South Africa, professionally, uh, did you actually play professionally? Because I know there are some teams that, uh, I know Janine also does her own thing over there, um, and uh, I think there's some other teams too. I think I remember one time there was another team that I think Roseanne, Roseanne Barker played for was the Deben Girls. So there's quite a few teams in South Africa, maybe not entirely professionally, but uh, at that level. Is there any that you played for before you moved to the States? Yeah, I, I played. Um, actually, I went to the High Performance Center in 2012, mm. uh, which is the academy of Safa. Grooming the young girls to play for the for the junior teams, the like the likes of U seventeen and U twenty, um, and then 20, the, the very same year in twenty twelve, I was promoted to U um, twenty, and then in twenty fourteen, I was promoted to Banyana Banyana. But mm. before all, that, I was playing for Pama Ladies, which was playing in the Vodacom League, and later on they played on the Sasu League, wow. and then. I, uh, I was registered for for TUT, uh, but I never got to play because when you were playing for HPC, you were not allowed to play for any other team. Uh, reason being avoiding injuries and getting higher costs um, for the academy. And then as soon as I left HPC, now after my matric, I I went to study in Cape Town uh, in University of the Western Cape, and that's the team I was playing for. Um, before I came to the States. Wow. So um, how did you end up in the national team, though? Because I was in the academy uh, at, at the High Performance Center. When oh, coach- so... So yeah. the, the, the academy, the, the high performance center, because like me, who's been living here too long, I don't know a lot of things mm-hmm. about going on over there. So the only thing mm-hmm. I know is the things that we saw before the World Cup in 2010 and uh, mm-hmm. just a little bit of things. What is going on in the high performance uh, center? So the high performance center is academy uh, based uh, for female girls around the country. Uh, it is uh, supported by SAFA. Uh, where they get, they randomly select girls from across the whole country to be able to go and stay at the academy uh, till they finish matric. So it's between grade eight and matric that you can stay at the high performance center. And within that year, you get coaching, you get uh, to go to school, and then you get to a chance to be able to play in the national team. So you get training every day, and then you have... Um, school and then you have like a lot of things like you know when you're playing for a professional team mm. like they give you a to be able to pursue your career 
but it is within the the academy where you also are privileged to go to school so you'll be studying and playing soccer at the same time and it's not only for soccer so it's a school for all the athletes uh, but the other athletes are sponsored by their federations like the cricketers also going at high performance centers the athletes uh this um the tax guys as well attending the school so it's 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 a program that grooms a lot of players to get the opportunity to play for the national team if you're a female and then wow. for male for male it's uh playing for your federation as well so it's, it's wow. quite an amazing program. wow man i i had no idea about this i i wonder how many people who live outside the country you know us as africa diaspora since we have left home we don't know about these no. things and and you know what there's a lot of guys here who actually are involved into the uh, sports and uh, they probably would have mm-hmm. loved an opportunity to even send their kids just for their experience for something like that yeah. and um yeah. so when did this start do you know i think uh in the two uh, 2002 or 2000 or 2003 i'm not so oh, sure okay. but a lot of uh, but under the okay, but so what you're saying is that you knew about it when you were younger. You knew about the place. No, I didn't know about the place until I went there. Okay, who took you there? Like, did they randomly pick you up in a tournament, or how did they find out about you? Um, the there the were soccer trials um, in in Mosaking, where I come like the national coaches. They have selectors from Safa who go across the whole country uh, in a specific time of the year, and then they. They would call U17 trials or U20 trials, and then the girls in the community would get invitations through um, their suffer region, and they can be able to go to the trials, and then the coaches get to see them. And if you have a team, then they give you a letter to say, okay, um, maybe um, in August we want to see you, the trials uh, at this place, uh, be there. And then that's how I, I got into the High Performance Center. I was elected by... And then um Eskechekechom Konza who was the banana coach okay, and um yeah. coach Anamunati. Okay. Wow, mm-hmm. wow. So now let me ask you a question. Uh, so you played for UCT, right? UWC. Oh UWC, I'm sorry about that. That's down in yeah. Cape Town though, right? Or close yeah. to there? Oh, okay. So now, living from Joburg, because you know what? I grew up in a township, man, and uh, also in the mm-hmm. rural area of uh, uh, Nongom and Wazulu Natal. The one thing mm-hmm. I can tell you is that all the guys that were from Joburg, man, they were full of skill. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure you were killing everybody down in Cape Town. Just say it. Just say it. That was the best. <laughs> No, I, you know, I don't like uh, putting myself in the spotlight. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I, I worked extremely hard to be where I am today. You, and know, you know what, honey? You stay humble. I really love that about you because, um, honestly speaking, now since you are a celebrity and uh, I have a daughter and people like you will really, really, really love them because that's what we need for us as Africans. <laughs> but I can say this myself. You sick. You're really good. I could have seen you dribbling, dribbling everybody down there in Cape Town. I can tell just by looking at you. I'm a, I'm, you know, I coach a, a little bit of soccer here in America too, myself in California. And, uh, and I, I know that I can always tell a really 
good talented uh, girl just watching mm-hmm. that that goal that you scored uh, the other day that was your first goal actually right uh, for Houston Dash yeah. wow my yeah. god well let me not go too far because i want to bring in the most important question that people always wonder so now mm-hmm. how did you end up in america um it was it was through uh, coach Vera Paul. Um uh-huh. was my coach in, in Banyana Banyana. Um Well, I think I went too far. I went too far. Let's just start mm-hmm. to stop you there because I want to make sure I bring this thing correctly. You okay. got called in the national team. How was that feeling? And how did it all start? Did you actually start playing for the under 17s before you go to the senior national team or you just jumped? It really doesn't matter. There are players who just were not recognized for the junior teams and they just went straight to the senior team. And you find players like us who are under the SAFA program who go step by step from U17, U20, and eventually Banyana. So when I got the call up, I, was, <laughs> I thought it was it was a joke because I was still at school. Wow. I was um, 18 years. Uh-huh. Yeah. How, how was it? Who, who called you? I want to hear the nitty gritty. Like, did you have like uh, one of the SAFA people call you, or were you just like uh, the coach called you? Who called you? Okay, it, it started off as um, over the weekends at HPC. Uh-huh. Uh, we would work on um, like something that you you couldn't do as a player. So if you didn't know how to head, you would go out on on weekends to do that. So we used to call that extra mile. So we we'll do our extra mile on weekends and then so that you can become a better player during the week when you have evaluations with the coach. And by that time, Coach Verapau was then new in South Africa and she was staying in the high performance center. So over the weekend, we were playing against the boys. So we we're doing extra mile and later on, would play against the tax boys. So I think that's how she saw us. Uh, I mean, she saw me because she came down one of the the games we were playing, and then the next week I I just got a call up from uh, Banyana Banyana manager uh, calling me, and I was at school. So I thought it was. Is this Fran Hilton? Do you mean Fran Hilton? No, it oh, was okay. somebody else. Yeah, that's someone else. Oh, okay. So. They called me, they, they gave me a call, I was at school, so I thought it, it was a prank. And I went to the headmaster and she called the number and it was true that um, I was called up to Banyana Camp. And since then I've been in the whole uh, Banyana setup. Wow, honey. Well, you know what? Bravo. That was one of the best calls they ever made because I can tell you that you are real talent. Like I said, probably one of the sickest athlete i've ever met in terms of soccer coming out of south africa and tell you what i was wow by uh veronica pewa i don't know if you remember veronica pewa. you were too young mm-hmm. uh you know Pusha modis and all of those guys but when mm-hmm. i saw you during the olympics tell me about that though so now you mm-hmm. actually got into the bafana bafana before the olympics or you you got in right during the olympics when did you started playing uh, I got there before the Olympics. When the very same year that Coach Vera Powell came, she came around March 2014. I mean, yeah, 2014, and I was doing my matric at the time. And she only called me uh, July 2014. Uh, so since July 2014, I've been with the team. Um, even 2015 and 2016, it was So Olympics. you went through the qualifications now? 
Yes, I went through the qualifications, but on the last um, round of the qualifications, I was not there because I was injured. So when they played um, the last team to qualify for the Olympics, the both games, home and away, I was injured. I was okay. in Cape Town uh, focusing on my studies, but I was so excited at home uh, because I knew that uh, the minute I get um, well from my injury, which mm. was... 20, early 2016, and then I would be able, you know, to still get a chance and make a dream of, of going to the Olympics. Wow. And and it became a dream uh, when, when I was in the team that went to the Olympics. Wow. Now, another question, too, that I have for you here. Now, you're getting a chance to go to the Olympics, so you are mm-hmm. excited, and you guys are going over there because I, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to grill you on this one. You tell me if you don't want to answer, okay? You guys okay. are going to the Olympics, and uh, I was the biggest okay. cheerleader. Amanda can tell you, actually, Amanda Lamini, because I used to send the mm-hmm. messages on Facebook. And the cool thing about her, she responded. Even though she has never met me, she doesn't know me. So I was always mm-hmm. saying, I'm cheering for you guys. I'm going to be watching here in America. I'm, I really think this is the right coach, the right team, and everything. Because I already saw the transition of uh, Noko playing uh, uh-huh. full back now, no longer playing up front, I was like, okay, this is good because we do need bodies at the back there. You know what I mean? We yep. need somebody stronger. Uh-huh. And then the fastest people who are playing up front, and then uh, I was like, okay, well, we look like we're going to be a team that is going to be a force. Now, uh-huh. let's just talk about getting to the Olympics before I get to the actual games in the Olympics. So now when you guys going to the Olympics, let me just ask you, were you living in the village like all the other athletes or, or you guys live somewhere else? Yep, we were privileged this time to live in, in the village because in 2012 when the team went, they didn't live in the village. They were in another city. So this oh. year, in 2016, we were lucky to be um, um, living in the village. Oh, okay. Hey, did you see that goal that uh, Porsche Matisse hit in the 2012 Olympics? Mm-hmm. Man, that was a sick goal, man. I still look at yeah. that and said, you know, that should have been something, you know. That should have been something uh-huh. we build in. But anyway, so now over there in the village, what was some of the coolest people you met? Uh, uh, some of the celebrities. Uh, in, yeah. I'm pretty sure you get to mingle with everybody, right? You do, but you know you get people who just want their spaces. Uh, and so you can't even take a picture? No, you can, but I mean other people are too much of, of celebrities that you you don't know whether to go to go to them and ask for a picture or just to look them from far, you know. I know um, what you mean. I got see, yeah, I got to see uh, Usain Bolt. Oh, wow. Uh, That's cool. Probably, uh, and, and a few of the soccer girls, uh, like Marta, uh, because we're staying in the same um, building. Um, uh-huh. How is Marta, though? I love Marta. Is, is she cool? Yeah, she is cool, but, you know, I think she's too much of a superstar that, you know. Yeah, no, I can understand. You know, I've met, um, mm-hmm. I've never met Marta, but I've met um when she first came to America, um, she coached. Mm-hmm. She actually played for uh, a team used to be called um, uh, Gold Pride. It was over in California. And the coach that yeah. used to coach her actually was somebody that uh, I, I'm lucky enough that uh, was mm-hmm. showing me the ropes in coaching. So I get to meet Sissy. You don't know who Sissy is. She's another Brazilian legend. Uh, she used to play. Yeah. She was a captain of Brazil um, women's yeah. team. 
uh, back in the days, I think in 1999, if I'm not mistaken. Her name is Sissy. I got to meet her. She's really cool. Still talented mm-hmm. even today. So now you're over at the Olympics and all of this cool stuff is happening. And uh, should I say that you guys lost focus during the Olympics or you gave it your all? I know the answer is going to be that you gave it your all. Because you know, this is where I'm at with this. The first mm-hmm. game you played against Sweden, you lost 1-0. Yeah. But you played your tail off. You guys played actually your tail off. That game was difficult mm-hmm. game. Sweden is no joke. That was a mm-hmm. difficult game for you guys. But to lose 1-0, that was incredible. So mm-hmm. that gave everybody, even myself, it gave me hope that, you know, we're going through here. Mm-hmm. What the heck happened against China, man? I'm pretty <laughs> sure China is not as talented of players compared to us. Yeah, I think that that there is the 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 the, the, the reason behind that people do not get to understand of of uh, banana is that we do not have a professional league like everyone else in the whole world, and we still qualify for the Olympics. We still well, China doesn't though. Do China have? Uh, no, they do. They do. Oh, okay. I wouldn't know about it. They do have a professional league. Uh, the problem is, you know, in South Africa, we don't have a professional league. And when you play for the national team, it's one step ahead of how you're supposed to be. Because, I mean, people who play in professional league, they train every day, they have games, they are fit, they are competitive. Well, in South Africa, the only time we're competitive is when we are in the senior team, which is about two months in the whole year. Yeah. And you look at the players, they are in camp almost every day, every month, playing friendlies with the best in the world. That That's the difference between us and other teams. And yet we still, you know, go to games. We still give our... You have heart. You have heart. You tied the yes. U.S., right? The problem, yeah. You, yeah. Yeah. The, the problem becomes becomes the fitness because we can only do so much yeah, with what true. we have. True. You know, we cannot go plus 90 minutes when you are not used to playing such games of that in, in intensity. So it becomes a problem. And that is why we always... I give it away, like like you say in the the game of Sweden, we gave it we gave it our all, but then we lost it at the last minute because we couldn't contain on on going with the fitness of of our opponent. Oh man, yeah, no, I, you know when you're saying this now, you just made me realize a lot of things that probably mm-hmm. I go by and just overlook them because that's that's the that's a big issue. Okay, when you're talking about that, as a person mm-hmm. who has been a coach. Um, I know exactly what you're talking about. Fitness can be the, the killer. You, know, yeah. you can't just bring players together and say, let's go. Um, it doesn't yeah. work like that. It needs some sort of consistency and especially making sure mm-hmm. that in, in those muscles are trained properly. But go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, so I was, I was saying that a lot of people miss that. They miss that that the important reason uh, when they try to... Um, uh, compare Banyana Banyana and other national teams. Earlier mm. this year, also, we had a friendly against um, we had a friendly against Sweden. We were playing our best, but because we couldn't contain the game, we lost to Sweden. Although it was one of our best games, mm. we played the USA in 2016 before we went to the Olympics. Yeah, yeah I saw that game. And we still lost one zero. Yeah, and I saw that game. The, the USA beat uh, 
uh, other teams like four zero five zero. And you are actually. And uh, you are actually in the game, and this is the funny thing, because I was watching that game and I was also listening to commentary. Um, mm-hmm. Honestly speaking, um, they were talking some crazy here in America when they were talking about that game. Mm-hmm. But that's how the American commentators are, because you could tell yeah. that they were just giving you guys no chance at all. They were yeah. giving you guys no chance at all. To them, it was just like, this is like a backyard scrimmage. It's going to be over soon, and it shouldn't, yeah, we yeah. shouldn't even be paying to watch this. And they were wowed. Yeah. That's, that's why I think a lot of belief started from, because one of my boys mm-hmm. was there with a big uh, South African flag over there watching you guys mm-hmm. inside the stadium, and he said the same thing too. Uh, uh, he was like, mm-hmm. Damn. because the game was in Chicago, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But anyway, so now we're looking at that game, and you guys lost it. I think it ended up being like what three zero. No one ag- zero. No, the the one against. Uh, um, now I'm talking about the Olympics. The oh, second game. Zero. Yeah, two something zero. like that. I can't remember. But anyway. And uh, how the heck did it happen that nobody scored against um, Brazil? Because I don't know that game against Brazil. I felt this way. Okay, Brazil had most of the ball. But those mm-hmm. counterattacks that uh, um, the coach started, they were working. Mm-hmm. They were working because you guys could get behind the defense pretty much every other 15 minutes. Like, we got more chances, like, as more than I've ever seen on that game. That I was thinking yeah. you guys going to sneak in just one goal and then shut shops, and now we're going through. Because we'll have had, you'll have had, oh, no, no, no. It was still going to be decided, right? Because Brazil struggled too. But no, no, no. On the last game, you guys still had the chance, right? We did have a chance. If we won the game, we're going to go through. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, why didn't you guys just... Could Nobody could score. I mean, I know you did your best, but nobody could score at all. Because there was one I'm shot like- that you took and the Brazil... I thought it was like... Uh, I don't know what time it was, but it was like... A fingertip saved by the goalkeeper, and I thought you buried that. Yeah, um, I think I think like I, like I told you earlier on, it's it's fitness. We are we are not used to playing so much games. We played three games in eight days, which is something that we are not used to. And we're preparing the whole year, playing to uh, trying to play the toughest opponents, but. You know, when you get to a tournament, it's not like that. You play one game, you get two days to rest, and you, you the next day you, you're on top of another game. Yeah. And then you get another two days to rest. And in between that, we had to travel. In between mm, the two days, we had yeah, to true. travel. We had to fly from Rio to go to Monos. And it's the change it's of weather. long travel, it too. Yeah. It was a lot of factors. Uh, Monos was humid. Uh, we mm. played at night. Mm. A lot of factors came into but but what I'm saying is we played that game because we knew that we had a chance to go through. We knew as as much as Brazil. Uh, I think the other thing is Brazil underestimated us because Mata was not in the starting. I think mm. four or five of their best players were not in the starting lineup, and only in the in, in in halftime they realized, wow, we underestimated this team, and now this team is, is like you're saying, we're taking chances. 
and then they started you should going have scored in that first half them. man you guys should have scored because i was just hoping for that that you know we don't get to see you guys play all the time you know now thank god mm-hmm. for youtube and that uh, safa even though um i'm calling them out there they are totally not consistent especially when it comes to you guys to give us mm-hmm. some sort of clips or games and stuff like that because mm-hmm. it's easy to follow you guys that way but you know what i thought it, that that first half gave me energy because you had another mm-hmm. kid too that was playing in that team that was playing up at the front. Uh, I don't remember if Perez started with one striker or two strike. I I, I I do have like a vivid memory that there was like two people who were attacking in, in the first half. Uh, yeah, it was me and Jermaine. 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 I was gonna say that. Uh, yeah, Jermaine, uh, I don't know her name. I'm sorry, Jermaine. But anyway, uh, it looked like you guys were getting behind the defense. I was actually thinking there is a goal that is coming here. There is a goal mm-hmm. that is coming here. We're getting a goal and we shut down shops. But it didn't happen. But you know what? Uh, we were still proud of you guys. And I'm just going to uh, um, I'm just gonna tell you something that happened. Uh, when you guys lost... I actually sent, I wrote this big, uh, because you had the Banyana Banyana page on Facebook. Yeah. I commented on that page. I still regret it. Uh, I still need to go back and take my comment out because yeah. uh, the things that I said, but now after you telling me this, it made me realize that how much is it take for a South African athlete to compete at the highest mm. level. Uh, yeah. So you guys sacrifice so much. Uh, you guys mm-hmm. do the best that you could. But now with the new coach, you are over. Uh, now we are with your old coach from the national team over in Houston Dash. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, I, I'm still wondering, why, why did uh, do you know if the coach left or did the coach get fired by Safa? Because I thought, you know what, as much as we all love to see expansive football in South Africa, okay? Everybody want to mm-hmm. see expansive football, quick twos, one and one, build up, all of that stuff. But I think that uh, Coach Pau was actually trying to build a strong defense and mm-hmm. with the two defensive midfielders too, making sure that we, the defense is covered and the counter mm-hmm. attacks were working perfectly. I think in the mm-hmm. long run, it could have had some fruits and having you guys up top with the speed that you have, it was working out perfectly. Uh, and I wouldn't want to see that go back. But now, is Desri continuing with the same idea, or are you guys uh, getting uh, new ideas? And uh, shout out to Desri Ellis. I love her. What a great player she was. But anyway, are you guys getting the same new system now since you're playing under Desri Ellis, or uh, is still con- continuing what you started? Um, We have um different systems. Um, it depends on the opponent. Mm. Like we used to have different systems when Vera was there. Um, it, it depends on the opponent that you play. So it's not like... But you're not sitting just, back mm. now. You're more playing expansive mm-hmm. football. The ball is moving more than before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, as South Africans, we like holding the ball. We like... Yeah. We are more tech, you know. And for me, it really doesn't matter what formation I play. It, it What matters is the outcome. What matters is how am I going to execute what I'm supposed to do or how am I going to help my teammates execute their, their roles as well. So it really doesn't matter whether I play a 4-4-2, whether I play a 4-2-3-1 or mm. 
What matters is how I execute what's been given to me and how we do it together as a team. But now when it comes to um, the high pressure, um, mm-hmm. sit back and get behind the ball quickly, is that something that is being emphasized now or no? Because that's how I felt like what you guys were doing. You were making sure in transition you're behind the ball as quickly as possible. So that's why it was kind of hard to even the teams like you has to break you guys down because the you know, the banks of uh, forward the back, the midfield, and the front mm-hmm. forward, it making it difficult for anybody co- to go through that because it just become a break. Or now you just kind of like a man-to-man, position-to-position. I, I just haven't seen you guys play under Ellis. And unfortunately, living here, I don't get the chance to see any of the games. No, we, we play more or less the same. Uh, mm. But the bit of difference between Desiree is, is different from... She understands us more And you know If you have a 2v1 And you feel like You know I can get out in here mm-hmm. You need to be able to You know to do that But mm-hmm. what we do We always trying to make sure That we support each other You Even if someone makes a bad pass You make sure that you get there To make it look good Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day It's a team effort And at the end of the day It's about executing What was given to you Mm. You know what, though? I got to tell you guys, I give you guys credit now, but it's that I haven't watched you guys uh, for the longest time. Now I feel like, why was this happening, though, where players were not talking a lot in South Africa, especially the women's team? There was like, you know, the game, when you're watching it on TV, and especially with the women's game, uh, you can actually hear the players, you know what I mean? And I was expecting that, like what you're saying, everybody helping each other and stuff like that, that it will be more loud when it comes to the players, meaning you guys talk more. I don't know if it's mm-hmm. just my my narrow observation or is this thing was happening. I feel like you guys now talk more, especially during the Olympics. I would hear people like you know, pointing at each other and all of that stuff, especially Janine. Well, she was a captain, but, you know, yelling mm-hmm. at each other and all of that stuff, you know. But it was like, to me, that showed that, you know, everybody is holding everybody accountable. So you don't just go in into the field and start biting your fingernails and not actually mm-hmm. get held accountable. But I'm not saying you were doing that before. But you feel like you guys talk more now than before? Yeah. I mean, Coach Vera is a U- European coach. Um, if you look at the EPL, they talk, they give instructions, they... You know, you, 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 you bring your teammate more into the game. You know, sometimes you can play soccer and be amazed on what is happening in the game and instead of focusing on your roles. Yes. So you get people who automatically do that to say, hey, come back. Hey, do this. This is your job. We're in this together, you know. Mm-hmm. They constantly remind you that it's a battle of 90 minutes and if if one chain gets loose and then the whole chain won't work, but if the whole chain is together and then everything else will, will work and will become effective. Mm, I shout out to you guys. I'm so proud of you guys for what you did during the Olympics. Even today, I still look back and say this was the most amazing I've seen you guys be. And I'm going to still keep uh, um, watching you guys and supporting you, especially if you come to the East Coast where I can go to the game and watch. But now, how did this opportunity to come to the U.S. come about? Like, when did you get the call? Did you know before you leave um uh, the Olympics that there was that opportunity available or how did wh- wh- who ended up calling you to come to the US when did you get here anyway <laughs> I got here this year 
Oh, um, you knew, fresh out the boat. Welcome, welcome, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, my aim was to sign a professional contract after the Olympics, but that was not possible because, you know, we didn't go through and we couldn't beat any. So it was, like, difficult uh, for like um, for a striker, it's even harder because you know you score, yeah. you get seen more, you get the replays, yeah. you're on TV. People are starting to yeah. ask about you. So if you don't get any of that, then it's mm-hmm. kind of like everything just fall apart. Yeah. Yeah. So later, two years after the Olympics, and then I got a call from from Coach Vera Powell earlier this year in, in January. Uh, asking me if um, I'm available and I'm willing to, you know, come relocate, move from South Africa to, to the U.S. to be able to play for the Houston Dash. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's how I, I knew of, of the opportunity. Oh, wow, honey. I'm so happy for you. And the parents were happy? Yeah, my parents were happy, but, I mean, I was supposed to be doing my final year of my degree in Cape Town, but, you know, I had to pause because an opportunity like this doesn't come yeah. off Such a short and, you know, career. Yeah. So yeah. I had to, you know, put my priorities and be able to compromise. And uh, as soon as I took a decision, my parents were there to support me. Mm. Wow. 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 I'm really happy for you. And so now, um, now you are here in the U.S. Uh, back in South Africa. Hey, by the way, let, let me ask you a question. How old are you, by the way? I'm 22. Oh, jeez, we still have 10 years on you. We have 10 <laughs> years on you. I see you going to two more Olympics. I see you captaining banana banana. I see you become a coach in the future. You know what? I'm so excited <laughs> just to know how young you are. This is even better. So now, um. You came to the U.S. and the first thing that was mm-hmm. on your mind, what was it? The food. The food was <laughs> different. Oh, my word. <laughs> really different. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. What, what was the most, uh, uh, just to ask, because, you know, when I first came to uh, United States, and you can actually pr- pretty much envision this, you know, I'm from Nongoma, mm-hmm. right? South Africa, yeah. rural area. And uh, imagine myself when I first came into the U.S. in 2003. And uh, the most stereotype thing I had in my mind is that I'm going to run into a rapper uh, in JFK. Yeah. As soon as I landed, I'm going to see somebody rapping mm-hmm. rhymes. Uh, mm-hmm. And it didn't happen. What was the most stereotype thing that you think you might have had in mind before you came to the U.S.? Or the guys like Janine and guys who've been here already brief you what it looks like. But I know you've been here before in the 2015. But uh, what was it something in your mind or that you had? Well, I, I wasn't so open-minded. Uh, never thought I was going to come and stay here. I don't know the culture of the U.S., so I just came here to just say, you know what, when I get there, I'll just see what I need to see. I'll just, I'll just do what I need to do. I'll just go with the flow. Oh, okay. Uh, but, yeah, that really killed me. Because <laughs> it's up in meat and it's difficult yet because there's no path. Um, you know, you, you know what, though? Um, I'm going to tell you something that might trip you. There is quite a lot of South Africans that are in Houston. Maybe not a huge amount, but at least 
I, I can guarantee you at least maybe 20 to 50. Uh, a lot okay. of us have mingled, meaning maybe uh, more into uh, the American lifestyle and we kind of forget about things that are important. But I would love okay. if possible, if you guys are like yourself, you can make yourself available to some of the events that are always posted like in Facebook and everything because you're going to mm-hmm. realize that we are away from home. I've been living here for a while, okay? I have two kids, okay? I have a wife. She's mm-hmm. from South Africa too. I eat pup every night. I don't use whiskey. I've eaten pup since I came here, uh-huh. but I mean... What did you get? Like it? What are you using? It's not like at home where you always... Um, get it every day where you go just go to shop right and get it it's easy quick it's um what what kind of Uisa. oh do you have Uisa? yeah janine has been here longer so she buys it on amazon oh you buy it from amazon because i was gonna say there is something just to give you a trick because there's something we use here so we don't buy Uisa because it get too expensive you know we don't have your guys's kind of money uh so what happens is what happens is we buy what you call you know the hispanics uh the mexicans and the dominicans puerto ricans mm-hmm. all of those guys you know because yeah. a lot of them they have those slave relations with us as africans they use a mm-hmm. lot of corn to cook you know that the the, the the corn flour that they use they have like what you call a white corn flour if you cook it like you're cooking pup it actually cook like pup you don't want to buy the one with um there's one with the baking powder that they use it for uh those American, uh, what do you, cornbread, you know, the American cornbread. You don't want that yeah. one. You want, I want, you want to use the one which doesn't have any, um, baking powder. You, the okay. plain one. It actually cooks like pop. Trust me. It's still corn flour because that's what they call it. It's corn flour. I'll uh, check it out. Check it out next time you go to the store, man. You, you, you're going to enjoy yourself. So now, like, just I'm I'm wrapping up over here. We'll be done sooner, and I really appreciate the time you're giving us. Um, so now let me ask you: Now you are down in Houston. Uh, Houston Dash is one of the teams that is very respected here. You know, you have mm-hmm. uh, your Houston Dash actually has been, uh, I think, from the inaugural season, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, one of my friends actually. My Facebook friend, I've met her personally. Uh, uh, Ella Massa was a um, captain of the Houston Dash, Ella Massa. Uh, you probably don't know her because I think she left like two years ago. Um, she yeah. lives in, um, I think she lives in Sweden now or somewhere in Europe, but I'm not sure. Uh, Houston Dash, the, your Portland Thorns, uh, what is the other one too that have been here for a long, like Salt Lake and all of those guys. Been there around. So, how do you like uh, playing for Houston Dash? Is everything working out perfectly for you? Is this actually what you thought about? Is how is the crowd attendance and uh, how is everything? Your teammates and everything. Yeah, Houston is amazing. Um, it's very humid, though. Woo. Yeah, it is. When it I, is. Yeah, but I'm used to it now. Yeah. Um, it's nice to be here. Um. Got a warm welcome from my teammates when I first got here because, I mean, they've played here for longer and they know how the league runs and what um, needs to happen and at, at what time. And as well as having Coach Vera here 
means a lot uh, because um, she knows uh, what to expect from me and I also know what to expect from her because she's been my head coach in South Africa. So mm-hmm. it makes things a little bit uh, easy and it, it, you know, makes things to be cooled off because you don't have to stress on uh, how you you're supposed to play or how you need to get into the system and all those things because I've, I've been in various system and I, I know what to expect from her mm. and she knows what to expect from me. So it's, it's a, it's a beneficial thing. It's working out for me and yeah, I'm really enjoying it. Oh man, that is good to hear that, honey. And it's going to be very beneficial for for the banana banana there when you guys uh, um, get called back in camp because you should be going to camp pretty soon, right? Uh, we didn't get a call up, you know. If a if a date, yeah, the team cannot release you. Oh, okay. So, yeah, sure. Oh, okay. So they will be missing you on the next tournament. No, the tournament I'll be going, but uh, they're playing Kosafa now. Oh, uh, the end Kosa- of the month. Yeah, the Kosafa Cup is not relevant. You don't want to be going out there and injure yourself. Uh, hold yourself. We want you for the big guns. We want you when you play Nigeria and Ghana and all of those. Uh, that's when we want to see you guys uh, going through them like a blade. Uh, but anyway, tell us about your goal, though. So it was a nice through ball, but I didn't know you can get mm-hmm. behind the defender like that. You just stayed on the shoulder, and the next thing you're in front of the defender just that quick. <laughs> um, I think, I think, um, she didn't know that I'm coming. Oh, um, but did she know that you're that fast? She would have went quicker. But then she thought that my co-striker lost the ball. So she was still focusing on her. And the next thing, when she turns, I was in front of her. So she, she even if you look at the video again, her reaction shows that she didn't she expect shocked. it to she was shot. Uh, but now this is where the brilliance of you is. That's this is the brilliance of you to pick up the far post. Because honestly uh-huh. speaking, I think the goalie made themselves bigger in there. Because at first when I was looking at it, is she gonna shoot it on the near post? Because I think if you shoot it on the near post, you'll have missed it. But yeah. you shoot it on the on the far post and it was perfect, man. When you shooting, I know this is not something that you sit down and you can write a letter about what was your thought at the time. <laughs> when you were shooting it, were you just looking for an empty space or you were like saying, because it looks like you placed it. You didn't even shoot. You uh, actually placed it. Yeah, that's the trick. Um, I always analyze, especially the goalkeepers, yeah. to 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 see okay if i do this this is what the goalkeeper is going to do all the goalkeepers in the whole world even in men they are taught to cover the first post yes so yes yeah, they are yeah. Good in the first post yeah and she did a good job with that she did a good job with that yeah yeah, yeah. so the, the the only thing she wants is she closes the first post to make it difficult for you to go to the far post because her hands can reach the far post. Yeah. But I mean, if you put the ball on the ground, it's difficult because then she has to make herself big. And yeah. if she makes herself big, there's a lot of things that you can do to just place the ball. Yeah. Wow, man. That was incredible, that Tembi. I, I was watching that game. I was like, dang. I mean, I was watching the, the highlights because I didn't watch the game. I was like, that was actually a perfectly executed ball. But I had no idea that to that fast because my thought was <laughs> that the, the other girl, what's her name again? You said Jermaine. Is that the one that plays up front? 
No, that's Rachel Daly. No, no, no. In the in the in the Bafana Bafana. I mean, I mean, Banyana Banyana. Yes. Jermaine. Jermaine is a hair who plays up front. Yeah. I didn't know you were fast. Because I used to think she has the tricks too because she likes to hang on on the ball. There was a couple of times when I wasn't happy about her because she likes to hang on on the ball and she's very short-tempered. I love her though. But anyway, I didn't think you were faster that much. I did. I thought you were just more like a, a skillful player. So you were the faster, you were the faster player in the team? Mm, in that, no, there's about three more goals. How about in uh, Banyana Banyana? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I love that answer. Yeah, no, I think you are. I think you are. But now while we're wrapping up, honey, I'm just going to talk about something really personal because you know what? Growing up uh, where I grow up, you know what I'm talking about. There's a lot of things mm-hmm. that goes on and uh, people, you get to learn it as you get older that, you know, there's mm-hmm. so many things that I was not um, paying attention to. So I mm-hmm. saw, I don't know what is your... Um, sexuality is but i saw that you posted because over here in america they celebrate pride month and i've been lucky yep. enough that in so many places where some of my friends have invited me even though i'm a straight guy uh, just because <laughs> i want to be there for them because they are my friends you know what i mean uh, i've been lucky mm-hmm. that i got to invite it in some of those places even one of the biggest uh uh, a parade in a ski resort was in Mammoth Lakes in California. I was there in uh, 2015. But I want to ask you a question here. Um, tell me about that part when you come here in America. Was it something that take you back or was it meaning like it just did it shock you was there any shock that america celebrate pride month did you knew about it or or and uh is it something that you guys are involved into do you practice that or anything like that tell me if you don't want to talk about it because i'll leave it alone <laughs> no don't worry um i've always knew about pride because um they celebrate this one in South Africa, but it's not so well known like in America where um, there's like bigger parties where even the the NWSL uh, mm. lets the team print out uh, the kit with pride colors and where people get to be on social media uh, for pride. It's completely different and it, it, it's a big thing here in America. They even you know, celebrated um, more like um, much bigger than in South Africa. Mm, yeah, they really do. And, you know, for me, myself, growing up in an environment which was totally not accepting uh, that mm-hmm. culture, and I was shocked when I got over here in America. You know, I've been in places like California and everything and like San Francisco way. It's very much acceptable, even Portland, Oakland, okay, very much acceptable, meaning that there is mm-hmm. a lot more uh, people who are gays and lesbians that are out there that mm-hmm. you get to actually uh, hang out in their events and it was very much of a shocker for me uh, but mm-hmm. you know what right now just sitting over here I'm thinking the 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 um, yeah, I was just saying that I, I think there is a lot of future for um, the mm-hmm. LGBT, uh, especially in uh, countries like in Africa and stuff in South Africa. When do you think that that's something that in South Africa now we should be more embracing than before? I think it's it's about being open minded about this thing. Um, it's about learning about it. You know, mm-hmm. uh, in, in Africa more especially, there's a lot of people who are gay. They are they have been killed, they have been tortured, you mm. know, for 
you know, they're not given a chance to be to express who they are. Well, in in America and in other parts of of the world, that is acceptable. That is okay because I mean everyone has a right to live. Yeah. And if I want to live the way I want to live, then why do you want to to cut that aspect of my life? Despite on how I live it, it really doesn't matter if if it doesn't affect you. And then it's something that that should be used negativity. I um, mean t- towards me, you know. Mm. Uh, so it's something like I'm saying that people need to be educated about these things because we're living in the 21st century. Uh, there's a lot of tradition. There's a lot of things that have been done. And, you know, it's because you are given an opportunity to be who you are. Mm. You know, Tembi, thank you so much, honey. I really appreciate you. I'm looking forward to actually get to meet you guys one day. When is, are you going to be playing this side? Or do you actually play the teams in this side on the East Coast, like in New York area? Uh, Connecticut uh, area? Nah, I don't think so. Or maybe in the I playoffs? No, I have no idea. Maybe. Because were you in the Western Conference or the Eastern Conference? We only have one league, so we don't have... Oh, Eastern. we don't have conferences. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Well, I can't mm-hmm. wait to get to meet you. Who knows? Only God knows. But I really would love mm-hmm. to come and see you guys and cheer for you. And just to let you know that you might not know, but we are watching and we are really proud of what you guys have achieved. And I'm really grateful that you gave us an opportunity to talk to you. And hopefully we'll get the same opportunity in the future. But thank you so much, honey. And I'd just like you to tell uh, Janine and... Uh, What's the other lady that plays there with you? Uh, Linda. Linda, can you just please let them know that we said hi and we really appreciate them. We'll keep cheering for you guys. Thank you so much, Timby. Uh, you're welcome. No problem. Okay. Thank you, Mama. You have a good night. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Make sure you check out Umbani Radio Podcasts on TuneIn, SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play Music.